Alright, I'm ready whenever. You guys ready? Um. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I suppose I'm ready. Alright. Okay, we're starting now. And, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so welcome to Cinematographologically Speaking. Uh, this week, we're talking about the Hanukkah film 2012, Palm the War winning, not that that really matters, <laughs> Amour. And that's a love for our American listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, could you translate it to uh, whatever they speak in Monaco what do they, sp like they speak in Monaco that, that's where our listeners are right yeah we have some we have some uh, yeah, Monacoian and Moroccan yeah. yeah shout out to you guys shout out Four to girls. the Monaco I think listeners we've got some Fili Filipino as well Fil Filipinex listen we're international uh, we are Filipinex. Mr. Worldwide we're all over the world yeah, we're doing it. Anyway, this movie rocks, obviously. No one's going to disagree. Um, <laughs> no one's yeah, so I guess we'll just do opening thoughts. We'll chit-chat a little bit. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, really good. Really interesting. Is Mostly just really it? good. Huh? Is this the first time you've seen it? No, this is like the third time I've seen it. Good, okay. good question. In my mind, stands out from the rest of his uh, his ovoir, ovre. Steven, you say ovre, don't you? I say like yeah, ovre. Well, you think it's you know. think this? I mean, I guess we talk about it later, but you think this stands I out? I think this is substantially different from the rest of his films. Of course, there's a lot of the a lot of similar things happening. Substantially, but, but I think substantially different in style, um, and. Uh, yeah, but I, I really like it. It's one of only a few films that I would um, almost feel bad like recommending to someone, especially if they're old, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I love I, the performances are uh, earth shattering. Everything yeah, spectacular. Everything oh is spectacular. God. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into talking about this movie. <laughs> um yeah, I really like this film a lot. Um it's probably one of my favorite Hanukkah films and is my second viewing. Um yeah, I agree with Steven that stand or not Steven, sorry, I agree with well, Troy in that it stands out um stylistically and I don't know there's a couple things in particular that are very different um which I'd like to talk about but yeah I mean overall um yeah I don't know this movie makes me afraid to get old and die so this is best case scenario yeah and this is best case scenario uh <laughs> and yeah but yeah this movie makes me like really scared to be old and die and um Obviously, that's not, like, the entire uh, point of the film. Um, like, that doesn't contain, like, it, that statement yeah. doesn't uh, sum up everything that's great about this film or whatever. But, 
uh, that in itself is enough to to make me like this film quite a lot. Yeah, uh, this film was incredible. I it was actually it's up in the air as to whether it's my favorite film of all time. It's an incredible movie. I thought this is I've never cried so much during a movie and at so many portions. And uh, rarely were they like these awful scenes, you know, where she's like screaming and in pain. It's actually not that ever. It was usually moments where, uh, for instance, the, the type of scene where the dude helps him with the groceries later on in the movie. And he comes back up and he says, you know, I just want to, you know, congratulate with how well you guys are coping. You know, me and my wife want to extend that. Dude, that moment, like, oh, and when I say cry, it's not like I'm, like, weeping, but it's definitely, like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, and then the tears come, but I'm, like, oh, I'm pushing them back, you know, Jesus. And uh, that happened, I mean, at least five times during this movie. It was such a good movie. Mm -hmm. All yeah. right, so we're so, good. So, so <laughs> for me, it was, like, it wasn't, like, about to make me cry, but I was so uncomfortable and sad throughout so many points of the movie. I was thinking about like bailing because I was like, I was like, dude, I'm like 30 minutes into this. And this is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> like, uh, and it was especially sad because I know Hanukkah, right? I'm quite familiar with his work at this uh... point. And I knew that there was going to be nothing redemptive about this, that it was going to be sad and then it would end. And uh, nothing redemptive. Yeah, nothing weird. What? Thing. So cringe. I, Did I, you even watch this movie? I want, to, I want to clarify something about the crying. So I actually think the moments when I like teared up were moments of respite. It was almost never through sadness. Of course, there's this. You know the sadness is always there but they were these moments like when she's playing in the electric chair and she's having fun mm. mm -hmm. and then uh the dad you know or the sorry the husband when he when she like uh runs runs into him you know he like mm -hmm. starts like smiling and laughing you know he's like oh you know and he's like a little dude that moment got me big oh smiles big smiles on my face the, so yeah. those those uh it was always these moments of respite that got me never the true sad parts those parts were like brutal but they didn't like make me well up and as far as feeling sad i'm not even sure how sad i felt um uh sadness is just such a difficult thing to actually describe i don't even think my emotions were sad it was always also like phrases which made me think about other things like personal things associated with like i don't know art i've seen before like experiences I've had with my parents, you know, and it's like it's always th through these uh, phrases that somehow take on like in like multitude of meanings that I'm sure don't necessarily for other people. Those are when I would tear up. It wasn't like at a tragic thing. It was more like some particular word or phrase or symbol or feeling that is something was giving off that cascaded or opened the floodgates to all these other uh uh, experiences that networked in in a rush you know and it was like an overwhelming like a orchestra feeling that made me cry you know something like that mm -hmm. and just to clarify what i said about nothing being redemptive obviously there's redemption like in their relationship and in their love and things like that what i meant was that there wasn't going to be a happy ending that's what i meant 
This, to respond to that briefly, I'll say I think this is one of the most like optimistic and maybe maybe like foolhardy, foolhardily optimistic takes. Uh, or the film contains one of the most foolhardily optimistic takes in the history of mankind. Like just an ultimate triumph. And we'll get to that. Which is what? Which is uh, love over like the 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 ultimate object of one's life being love as opposed to death but mm-hmm. also like this like intermingling and interthreading of love and death um and also uh I've got a Nietzsche quote for you I thought it might oh, appeal to boy. you <laughs> experts here it says it would be overly easy from an overly quick survey of Mikhail Hanukkah's films to classify him as an outright nihilist because of his choices of subject matter, not to mention his willingness to undermine audience trust in the traditional logic of narrative truth-telling. So, you've been destroyed. Nietzsche was a big Hanukkah fan. <laughs> um, I do have some more Han- Nietzsche, actual Nietzsche stuff, but we'll maybe get to it later. This movie rocks... Oh yeah, and uh, Brody, maybe, or maybe this is both Brody and Steven, because Brody's talking about being super sad, and Steven's talking about crying, but it not exactly being sad. Well, I don't know, maybe this is just Brody, but I find it maybe less sad, and more, like, definitely very painful. Like, that was, that's my... Yeah, like, I find myself grimacing. It is really hard to watch for much more sustained lengths than say piano teacher which is super hard to watch but only for like um more acute moments um anyway yeah i think there's a lot of pain inflicted upon the viewer i i like i I hope you need i hope you know what i mean when i say this but i didn't enjoy watching this movie if that makes sense because of how sustained some and painful some of the parts were now, obviously, there's enjoyment in the fact that I'm watching something great, and like this is obviously the intention of the film is to evoke these types of emotions. Do you think crying but, would have helped? Um, I don't know, maybe, but it was like, like I I feel like I had to like avert my eyes in like some parts of the film, like when she was speaking gibberish to the. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, and obviously like all these sorts of memories like come rushing back if anybody's had like some sort of family member, um, go through this and like, it's, it's just it's, like, it, I was just watching and I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, I hate watching this, you know? And I, I don't, I don't mean that like, like I'm watching something bad mm-hmm. that is just painful. Yeah. I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but I know what you mean. Yeah, because I I would say I felt the same way, but I am enjoying it the whole time, I guess. But it is yeah, very I mean, uncomfortable like, and very painful and things like this. It's a lot different than when you feel like sadness towards like I don't know, like some love film or something like that, and you see some like heartbreak and like it's this sort of like bittersweet kind of like enjoyment that you can sort of get from it but this is just way different because it's something that's so like like a lot more bitter like it there's you know well i don't, I don't know yeah. how to say well, it really. it's just it's just so extreme um like 
most of the film or quite a lot of the film is spent basically with um george like um basically finding no way to like coming to terms like realizing that there is no way to make this like better through some like happy little moment or something like that like there's no like solving it or fixing it or something like that and i think i think that like that that's what makes it different than um i think a lot of it's like it's like uh her pain is like irredeemable as far as like alleviating it or something like that because like death is like final or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah all he can do is cope yeah like this is a movie just coping this is a film about coping and although uh, i think i'll put the disclaimer i think it's generally cringe to listen to the artist as what they think their thing is about but like he says the like his 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 driving question in the beginning was just like how can one cope with the suffering of a loved one like uh with the implication of like one cannot help in any way um yeah right it's just this guy coping and i think that also to steven's point that line stands out about the man right uh saying my wife and i are impressed with the way you're coping or how you're coping. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like one totally true. Um, and I think like the first time I watched it, I like kind of cringed or something. And this time it felt way more positive. Like it felt like an actually really good thing to say from the, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, yeah. I just wanted to also note that any there there are a few moments where Anne laughs, and these are her laughter is like piercing in my mind. Like when it happens, it like strikes me so uh, intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, to comment on the neighbor saying that, um, I, I think that when people are saying things. Not necessarily like that, but when people are trying, are acknowledging that there's something horrible going on, you know, with Anne dying earlier in the film, it's seen as, uh, at least with George's and Anne's, um, uh, how they feel about it, like they have not, like, come to terms or they don't want to acknowledge it socially, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, other people. Like, they want to continue to live life or something like that and i think that that's like the first time or maybe not the first time but i don't know it stands out as is one of the times where something somebody outside of the walls of their house like says something and acknowledges like how horrible it is Mm -hmm. um i think that like maybe a good moment that would be like a foil for this is the is the the nurse you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. uh, the bad one or the good one, the the bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that seems like a good foil for it because it's like, um, yeah, just complete ignorance to the suffering they're going through. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and there's is like the 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 words like you're doing, like I'm I admire how well that you're coping, 
I think is a really good way of like phrasing it because like, you know, I imagine like if I was a neighbor, I would say like, I hope things are going well or, um, you know, like, is she doing better? Like, how are you doing or things like that? But to like say, I admire how you're coping. There's like a sort of a, like a heroic nature about the way that he's able to like compose himself. And, but it's also completely acknowledging like how horrific and tragic the situation actually is. Mm-hmm. And hopeless. And it, it was a, as opposed to like what I would like if I was in the neighbor situation, I wouldn't. Yeah, you'd cringe it up, phrase it like that, and it would be not. It would be lacking in one of those arees mm-hmm. that that phrase is really good at capturing all of it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna steal that phrase. It really is perfect to like. I mean, there's yeah. all you know. What do you say in those types of things where it's like the situation is just like doomed or like yeah. terrible and nothing can be done. Um, I, I, when I was watching it, I was like struggling to like grasp at much of a, uh, a, a, a lot of like significant, um, like intellectual holds, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was so like visceral and like emotional mm-hmm. that like, I wasn't necessarily sure like what to grab onto about it in particular. Um, like you know, there's significance about like the window and the pigeon and um, the fact that she sort of like comes back uh, at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I have any like very um, interesting, like symbolic, like thoughts about the, the, a lot of the symbols going on, like, especially with like the pigeon and stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. I liked it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel, I don't feel super, um, I don't know. It's not like I encountered it and then felt like blindsided by it or something, you know, mm-hmm. which I think speaks to how well the film is put together and how well it's done is that it, it doesn't feel out of place. It's not just like, Oh, well what's actually going on? You know, like it happens and it, I don't know. Something about it feels yeah, you, correct. You, you mentioned like, the what the movie wasn't about um but like when i was done with the movie like i was sort of wondering like well what is this like about um and i was wondering and this is an open question obviously but like what do you think it's about the film love that's a broad question but on purpose amour love yeah amour okay well (laughs) so anyway Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and end that there. Um, All right. Well, I just wanted with you said a little earlier. I mean, I think uh, it's meant to just be felt. You know, I think it's meant to just be felt, and you know, I I don't know if it's Hanukkah coming through or not, but based George talks about how. Uh, like what he finds memorable and important about his like this significant film viewing experience he had when he was young was the emotions it, he felt during it like he can he can scarcely remember what the movie was about but he remembers the way it made him feel and things like this right and yeah. i think uh yeah. hanukkah's probably alongside brisson about like i want my films to be first and foremost felt and then you can mm-hmm. go ahead and think about them if you'd like um yeah i think it i mean 
I think it's unique and it's because like on some level it almost sounds like if I heard isn't there some film some what was the Academy Awards or what happened recently what's some movie one like yeah yeah what was the one that just happened the Oscars yeah, the Oscars. the Oscars just happened. Yeah, weren't there like was... some movies rec- like uh, where it's like kind of like oh old person dying or something like this or I don't know what um, it was, but I don't know. It might have been Nomadland. I don't know. Oh wait, no, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called though. Yeah, but I just if I just if, if, if I heard you know oh there's this great new film about whatever just describe this film right, I'd be like oh it sounds kind of cliche or it sounds kind of trite or it sounds like how hard could it be to 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 shove into my face like horrific imagery of like elderly people trying to cope with their death or something um but i feel like this does it in a way that i would never suspect those would i mean i, I don't know if i'm making a lot of sense i think it does so uniquely well in like the atmosphere it develops this like extremely um like there's all this distance that I think makes the viewer feel more like a voyeur and 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 subsequently guilty. Like there's a lot of stuff about the Anne not wanting to be seen like this, right? Like the, the pupil comes along and acknowledges it and she doesn't like that. Yeah. She doesn't want her children to see her. And in defense of uh, you know, as an act of love, Georges tries to prevent uh, the daughter Ava from seeing her right so as to like shield like protect Anne's dignity uh, to protect Anne's dignity and uh, stuff like that but we so like there's all this stuff of like um, like seeing Anne is like explicitly in the film and obviously felt to be something very private and interior and only for George uh, but we're there, like, as voyeurs. I don't know. It just feels like you're watching something you probably shouldn't be looking at. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, uh, and I think the way we feel watching it is very distinct from the way George feels watching it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he has what it takes to do right by her. Whereas yeah. we feel like we're given the privilege to do that or the opportunity and privilege to do it, but we're unable to, and, and it makes the viewer feel guilty. And like, we are like, like other Hanukkah films, like we're complicit in some wrongdoing. Is that, is well, that what would the wrongdoing even be with the wrongdoing be seeing failing, it? failing, failing to love her. Totally. Like the view we're given, oh. the view we're given, like presents an opportunity to see her the way George does. And when we fail, it feels like, because we don't love her enough. Yeah. Why, I, I don't know, I'm kind of... Yeah, why do you think we, uh, why do you think we necessarily fail? What do you mean? Yeah, that, oh, that yeah, yeah, the, the, I think the failing, maybe it's just me, but I think the feeling of being a voyeur rather than a viewer if that makes sense or something like the feeling of looking at something that isn't meant for your eyes almost like oh like this is so like like any desire 
Yeah, I just think there's there's this thing built up in the film about looking at Anna and seeing her and being a part of that process that it's right. so intimate and meant only for George and then we get to sneak in and see it. You know, the daughter isn't even supposed to be seeing it, right? But we get to see it and I just feel that the way I feel looking at Anna and that whole situation is um, not as like dignifying as the way George sees her. I'm sure, just I'm only really I, pointing out I feel a difference between the way I see her and the way he sees her. Okay. And But that, that difference yeah. is made evident by the way I feel watching it. Not like I think it's different. You know, like I feel a certain way and I don't think George does. Okay. Is that um, making any sense? No, yeah. I mean, I, I probably agree just in, in the sense that like I feel well, just first, just the, the fact that the the film is definitely feels like uh, a level of intimate that films don't usually feel like, like, um, and that you feel um, maybe slightly, and which is why it's so like uncomfortable to watch, I think is because like, I, I, I agree with the point of like, uh, um, like, it's not like, it's seemingly not meant for you to see or whatever. And with this thing with, and or uh what's their daughter's name again eva eva yeah eva but um yeah i don't i don't know if you're you're still pushing the point of like the failure to see her as george sees her i mean i don't know that this sounds like a more personal point this discomfort you experience is not felt by george i don't um, think that's true i think yeah. it's i think it's certainly different i think george actually attends to his diaper duty with not the same discomfort we do. I think he might feel a shame that he has to be complicit in her, uh, like in stripping away her dignity and her like individualism and ability to, you know, be independent. You know, like I feel like he has a lot of shame, but I just think it's different from what we feel. I think, I don't think, I think our discomfort is not exactly the I, same it might be i don't I, know i'm just kind of i, I wasn't like disgusted during moments like that like those moments actually didn't strike me much well oddly enough i don't know why like, was those, it was like yeah like so when you know i don't i yeah I, I don't really see the the failure aspect i suppose there's a difference just in the case that i mean george obviously loves her more than we can because his is a supposed love like we mm -hmm. are no like we know he loves her given the backstory and everything some like history they have that's we uh we intuit based on their relationship mm -hmm. and we won't have that sure but i don't know like you can you can view with a level of tenderness like i think like this this what you're talking about sounds more true if and i'm not saying you felt this mm -hmm. way but if you were like revolted during that and you wanted to walk away yeah i didn't really feel that way i didn't feel like i wanted to walk away no. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, not at all. Maybe I'm totally on the wrong track, and maybe I, uh, just not phrasing right. But yeah, I, I, I agree with this tenderness thing, right? You, you look at them, like I'm not looking at, oh, gross, you know, like, or just, oh, like I don't want, you know, um, I just think this discomfort might be different, but it also could just be a lot like what he feels as well. It's not totally clear to me. And I just wanted to add another point to what John was saying about the intimacy and just note that it feels way different 
than like you can imagine some intimate moment in a film. Like this, it like the intimacy is almost like magnet, magnetized, magnified by this like, uh, like seeming distance between us and them. Does that? Do we feel like? Yeah, like but it doesn't but feel think... like we're close to them. It feels like we're watching them yeah. up close from far away or something. I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I'd agree, but I think you're granted some moments of like their own subjectivity just because you have like the moment yeah. with the yeah. old piano recital, yeah. uh, the piano student, and he sits down to play the piano and it sounds like hell, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, also yeah, the and then obviously, I also the dreams, dream. which is something I was going to bring up because that is something that is very significant as far as like Hanukkah's uh, previous work is he's never, he's always been like strict, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what the right term would be like realist or whatever. Like he doesn't ever show anything that isn't literally happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and so in this, he breaks that. And I see that as significant, not just because like, Ooh, he's doing something new or whatever, but like, it's almost as if like the, the story demands a level of um, uh, yeah. something more. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think something more. It, it makes complete sense because you know I, I. So this is maybe another point as to why I might disagree with Troy. You're, you're talking about this uh, distance we as the viewer have. I felt like pretty immersed into George's perspective, and I think we're led into that, for instance, by the dream. Um, another like I mean like I think the fact that we're following closely his his struggles more than hers mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm adopting his perspective the whole time and um, for, for instance during this dream not only is it a, are we being shown a glimpse into his psyche or something like that we also feel a moment of terror the same way he might in a nightmare mm-hmm. um, when I remember when he's walking out of that door uh, the doorway and he's peeking out for the first time I like legit had this like uh, horror movie level like trepidation. Yeah, same. Like I was like same. genuinely terrified for what was about to happen to him, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a feeling I think you would feel in his place. I mean, I feel you know I felt that way in a dream, you know, like or like you know you know you know it makes complete sense to be worried stepping into a hallway after someone does something like that. Yeah, um, it was like broken into your house. Right. Just just to say, all I mean by that is. I completely relate to that terror. And yeah. so I really do feel like the whole movie, a lot of my, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all well, the psychic equi- like relationship between George and you. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with this, but I think maybe to more Troy, what Troy was trying to say, we still are given, I think that the distance that we're given from anything in this film is uh, our distance from Anne. And I think that that distance is um, the same distance that George has, but obviously, like, he loves her and whatever, they've been married for who knows how long. Like, and in that way, we're different, but um, in in that way, we're, we're different from George or whatever, but that, like, as far as any form of, like, voyeurism or, or as a voyeur or whatever, like, the the only thing that we're watching that we're not that we have to that it makes it hard to relate to his and situation um i don't think george's as much yeah 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 i think that's fair yeah i agree with everything you said steven 
I think uh, distance probably isn't the right word, right? Because we are very tight to George. And yeah, this dream sequence is a big deal. And similarly, I felt quite scared, especially I, I each time I'm so struck by the the end, like the scary part. The hand isn't even what scares me. It's when the camera is square up with his face. Did anyone feel this way? Do you know what I'm talking about? Just like he's walking in the turning. water. I'm trying to pull it up, but he's walking in the water. This right here. There's something about this, just this thing that scared me. Anyway, um, no, I think instead of distance, maybe it's just about like the 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 emotion and the feelings and all these things at play are very much like occurring, um, like much more in our minds than on the screen. Like. There are, of course, emotional moments, but for like, for the most part, like the living hell that George inhabits is like yeah. largely kept within George. Yeah. And, right. and yeah. their relationship dynamics and like the way in which their, their love and relationship is eroding and things like this is largely kept within them with the exception of like a couple little moments, which aren't too, you know, explicit. So I, I mean, I guess I just mean like, um, like uh it's it's like uh the film feels like um reserved in terms of its like spectacle and flashiness or something um yeah or, i don't know but yeah I, they're, they're yeah. both super stalwart i mean neither of them cry like neither of them mm -hmm. break down crying at any point right uh she cries once uh, yeah. but the, the night before it? she has the stroke she, he asks what's oh, wrong and she says yeah. nothing and she's crying yeah yeah um, and then, yeah, for the, for the, I don't know, I'll just, I'm trying to get to the bottom of why I, I do feel like there's a feeling of, uh, like looking at something I, I like that it's maybe like, uh, almost too intimate for me. Maybe it is just me, but I, I feel like, uh, there's a sense of, of intimacy that, that makes me feel like a violator or something or like. I'm playing a role as a viewer of degrading Anne's dignity the way George is trying to protect it. I'm not sure. I'm mostly just yeah. trying to come up with an explanation for why I feel like I'm violating something by watching. Am I, mean, I the only one feeling that way? No, no, no. That no. I think I think that that's much more valid. Just because, um, that's valid because that's like what Anne has like asked uh to not happen is to let other people into the house and see their situation and comment on it and blah 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 so it's like we are participating in that so i think yeah i think that's pretty agreeable yeah maybe like, it's out of like, that yeah. we're a part of that and maybe that brings us closer to george and that we share an interest in like fulfilling and protecting the dignity of Anne as she requests it um but yeah, like she doesn't even want to look at herself. How pain how painful when the hairdresser lady does her hair and then holds the mirror up to her face. You know? Mm -hmm. And Anne yeah. is like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Uh so hard. But uh um, Yeah. Yeah. Um uh I wanna point out like just another moment um that like one of the moments that made me like cry when watching the movie is um uh 
the moment they start singing. Mm-hmm. And she's like trying to sing. And then he starts singing it. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I don't know. That that was just so so good. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that I think that it, it's it comes after having um at least one maybe multiple situations with a nurse and like all of this tension with people wanting to know what's going on with with Anne or whatever and then like Eva not being able to uh I think it comes after Eva not being able to connect with her mother like talking to her and she's like speaking gibberish yeah and 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 so I think that I think that um it was so uh relieving to see some like an intimate moment where they're still communicating like george is still like recognizing her as like a actual person or like another mind or whatever whereas like everybody else is like unable to and i think that it's it's interesting that it's like a song as well like an uh, presumably some old song that they both know just because it makes it so it's like George is the only one who, if she started to do that, would be able to have to like reciprocate her communication with him or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very heavy moment. And yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of things about her as a person versus her as like already dead, right? Like in some sense, as soon as she has the stroke, they kind of both know she's dead. Like, this is it. It's now just a long down road, and she tries to kill herself, which, oh my gosh, what a scene, you know? Like, when George, like, I thought that was wild, too. Like, she wasn't even going to say goodbye or anything, mm-hmm. right? George was just going to get home, and she'd be splattered on the ground out, out front. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then the, the nurse, the good nurse says like after she she washes Anne and Anne's like yelling hurt 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 right and she, dude when she she yells at a lot you know um but the nurse says you know what don't don't take it too personally it's just a reflex she could be saying anything mama whatever right it, it's just you know it's not even real right yeah and like this like stripping away of uh you know a, a, a human being with dignity and things like this and at the same time like um i don't know yeah like when she's trying to speak gibberish to ava and, and other stuff um like his like maybe it's maybe it's too soon but his like smothering of her is like an act of acknowledging the the very real human being in her still. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. There's just, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I think that, I mean, if you were to contrast it with if, if she got like euthanized by like a nurse or something. Yeah. Like it, it's or like oldenized. Old. <laughs> so true. Um, Annihilated. Annihilated. <laughs> if she got, if she got murked by a nurse, <laughs> um, no, it'd be totally different, you know. Like it's, it's like because it would be, uh, the same thing as what they're doing when they're like 
combing her hair and giving her a shower and Mm -hmm. it's just like maintenance until you die and so the dying is just like all right like she couldn't even request it yeah that too like the the kind of like symmetry between her and the home you know and like uh it maybe it's on maybe it's a bit on the nose uh when she's trying to jump out the window to kill herself right like she like she wants to escape her body that will she knows will become a prison and it does and we basically never leave the house and neither mm-hmm. do old people uh yeah i think it's no yeah the only time we're outside the house is like it almost feels like a memory for most of the film because it's just like the opening sort of sequence yeah and then we're trapped within the house and then the only other time we leave their room is in the dream or their their like their specific unit right is in the dream and even in the dream he only ventures out into the the building you know yeah and just these like nestled like worlds of the elderly um uh, uh yeah as to comment on the uh the opening or whatever like the only time we're really outside the mm-hmm. the apartment um it's so i don't know i mean like what they the the whole situation is not like fantastic in any way you know like it's not super extravagant or wonderful like this is our wonderful life you know it's just so cozy and like pleasing and uh just content or something you know and then when they get home their conversation when they get home Mm um yeah i don't know I, i do think I mean, it's interesting that their house got broke into. I don't really want, know what to make of that, like, narratively, you know? Um, yeah. Besides, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It It's so, I thought it served, like, two useful, like, the, the function was, like, in a reductive way was it kept you wondering as to what the real problem will be. Um, so that when she's, uh, you know, alert in bed that night, I believe she's awake. Right. Mm. And, uh, the next morning, you know, she's kind of in this like dead stare forward, you know, I, I don't know immediately that she's undergoing like a medical problem, you know, Mm -hmm. instead I'm thinking, oh my God, is she like, just, is she like blown out, you know, blown the fuck out because of this crazy moment, you know, thinking about how she could die or something like that. She yeah. hunted. Right. She, <laughs> she possessed. Um, so like functionally, you know, it serves to just create tension around that and confusion until we learn, until the real problem is discovered and set forth, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, no, from a, I don't know, from an analytical model, like it, uh, I think it's interesting because I think uh, coming home to the, the broken, the, you know, it, them having been broken in, is like an encounter with the real and in that it fractures you know uh you know everyday life you know yeah. the symbolic order whatever and so uh you know it's certainly a foreshadowing mm-hmm. in that what she is about to and 
encounter what they're both about to encounter is like the greatest fracture of the symbolic order imaginable and that is death right mm-hmm. or like the the violence of death you know mm-hmm. and so um so i mean it's a useful foreshadowing in that sense but there's also something about how it's breaking into their home that you can't escape it mm-hmm. and we're also going to be in this home the whole movie and so it's like it's as if it's crept its way into the house you know yeah it um, goes along and, with the body mm-hmm. home analogy yeah right uh yeah so that's that's my take yeah yeah um to yeah i think it's i think it's interesting like george's reaction to it too as well as being the kind of preface for how he deals with an encounter with the right right compared to Anne. um Mm -hmm. he's kind of like oh no it's fine like we'll just get somewhere to someone to come fix it and like he immediately like relates some like yep. romantic story about a professional job, you know. Uh, I know she yeah. does, huh? I agree she with the point. Like, I agree with the point, I, but she brings I, I, up the elaborate job. Oh, and... she does. Oh, oh, I, I didn't even remember this elaborate job, but I do remember him saying that it'll probably be like three days before they get here because that's how it was with the plumbing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that and, was and, states and, that just and, as and like course, a throwaway, like. And, and of oh. course, well, the plumbing, the com- the plumbing comes back though. I think when you know in his nightmare um oh yeah you know when he dies and he's sloshing through water and so there's like this feeling like some plumbing went bad in the building yeah. and i can and you know and that's like the first moment where he like you we have a memory of that scene the way he might have a memory and so it would be used mm-hmm. as like a nightmare charge you know like a nightmare yeah. uh, catalyst or something like that for sure yeah true i mean in that scene the whole building is like under construction dilapidated the elevator's not working right like things are not good in the building yeah. uh yeah uh oh yeah she just brings up that oh i know them and they had all the paintings cut out and stolen and blah blah and he was like that was a professional job oh okay. but then he but steven the, the, the conversation steven talking about when he brings up oh this guy is better you know if we do you know contractors it'll take a long time uh is is when is when she has her first stroke oh i see okay it's yeah. in that breakfast thing which i think is weird they're home first of all just pointing out how insanely warm and cozy visually a substantial portion of the film is in my mind. I mean, the opening scene is obviously incredibly cozy. All these happy people, people I think, uh, well, obviously it's an image of us, but um, like the home interior, like the kitchen is kind of gross, but then cozy way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cozy, relatable and like very European looking kitchen. I also have a comment about the coziness very briefly Mm -hmm. just to say that in the final act of killing her it's daytime and the lighting feels and even the story he tells you know like I didn't see it coming even though I imagined something like this could occur it really still took me by surprise you know yeah definitely Um, because this scene like though she's in pain off obviously and stuff everything's calmed down you know like he's telling a story and he calmed her down by through his voice through his narrative you know mm-hmm. that he's telling she's like no wonder screaming or whatever so i'm like ah, oh, this is comfortable and then obviously the juxtaposition with the with the you with the killing you know but, yeah yeah I, I yeah i like that it's he doesn't kill her in a moment of um when she's like panicking or whatever because then it makes it much more of yeah. like a real decision to do it you know 
Like it's yeah, it not, does seem like a right, breaking point for him. Decision. Yeah, this is more of a decision. Like the, Although the he does hesitate, which is very odd. It's like it's 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 as if, you know, if you watch the scene, he looks at the pillow, he like put, reaches out and then he pulls away. Then he does a, a very brief double take, and then he grabs it again and does it. So it's as if it was actually like, it's like he'd been thinking about it a while, second guess, but then realized fuck it, you know, and then he did it, you know, mm-hmm. if you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this definitely seems more like a breaking point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, but not yeah, it's... not like yeah, but not yeah. Go on, John. Sorry. It's like impulsive, but the thing is, I think the important part in relation to Anne and that she's not, it's not during a moment of panic is that uh, it's not like an immediate like reaction to her situation in that moment. Um, Right. It it allows for the moment to be like the culmination of the whole film. Um, You know, like, like it's a reaction to the entirety of the situation or something like that um but yeah i don't know the whole film it yeah it's so cozy it is the living room it is so like the lighting is so gorgeous and so like real looking without i don't know yeah it's crazy soft but it's also crazy natural yeah which is so it's not like overly naturalistic which is what you'd expect from like I don't know this kind of this like style of lighting things um which i think is some kind of achievement but uh if we're going to talk about the apartment i think um it's worth noting how high the ceiling is i, I mean i don't even know like it, it just it, it have you I, ever I, seen it just visually visually the the it the walls are so tall you know uh-huh. and like it looks i don't know it's kind of off-putting because you have like this very cozy like small apartment you know i mean it's a large apartment but it feels very like safe you know mm-hmm. um in size but then the the walls kind of always stretch past the frame and something about it is uh i don't know made me uneasy on this mm. like this time viewing it um yeah i don't really know what more to say about that it's interesting it is a set or it's worth yeah. mentioning it's a studio or it's on a sound stage yeah i mean i was thinking like from a technical perspective like having a high ceiling is nice because you can put yeah, lights work above. and stuff but um yeah i don't know i mean I would think that it would be more than just that. Uh, I, um, yeah, you go. I kind of want to talk about the smothering more. Um, okay. The thesis is something like, uh, like his killing of. I mean, imagine. Oh gosh, killing her is so crazy. Um, uh, just that I think it's noteworthy that he makes a clear attempt to I, I and I don't think it's just some like logistics thing um, like smother himself simultaneously no definitely not right it's also yeah right like this also, is like a murder suicide but in one act yeah well I mean 
Maybe. I, I do. So I don't disagree with that take, but I also just read him using his face as a. The way he, he looks like it's like a bow, like a prayer prostration mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Like getting. Like he's not on his knees, but only by. Because that's like useless here, you know? But like. It really does. Yeah, just uh, seem like the act of like extreme submission to something, submitting to death mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I agree with that. But we do we agree it, there's like obviously a symmetry of the smothering? Like he's being smothered, she's being smothered. Like, uh, I mean, what is his life after this, you know? Right, yeah. Right, I mean, like. It's definitely, definitely a, yeah, definitely a productive connection, yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense symbolically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is a tremendous act of sacrifice. <sighs> yeah. Imagine thinking you shouldn't kill her. Dude, oh, man, because, like, this is, like, uh, you know, going to happen. Like, would you do this? You know? And also, just as a little trivia, this actress did die of cancer uh so i mean who knows what it was exactly like but i imagine it's not too dissimilar yeah i mean so what normally happens is you go to the hospital or hospice and you're on a morphine drip so you as the caretaker as the husband you would obviously feel awful the whole time but you would also see them just in a sedated state almost all the time Mm -hmm. such that you don't have to really i mean you obviously you confront it because you love them but like there's some uh there's some like peace surrounding it and it's a grotesque piece because you know what it's from it's an artificial piece it's a papering over right but uh but it still you know renders those around you like those around the person like less i don't know like agency would you say like agency would you um say? Well, I don't know if that's what I'm saying. I'm okay. just saying that those those around the person who's sedated and dying mm-hmm. don't have to contend with it in the same way that George does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might even say that the person who's sedated um, gets to gets the relief of not forcing those around them to contend with them as much mm-hmm. because they're in the hospice and sedated almost all the time leading up to their death when it gets that bad, you know? Yeah, but I think that isn't necessarily... I'm not saying it's better. No, 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 no. yeah. I'm just saying uh, I don't know how common... Like, that strikes me as a situation in which the the killing force is very quick or the person has a chance of, like, living a life after. Because, like, the people in my life that have died of cancer, uh, some were, were... Like, the people who were younger like in their 50s and 60s, like your story is that of them. And the the elderly people have like, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm just one. No, 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 I disagree. Mine was with a grandmother who was really, really old. Um, and like she was not gonna live after it, this. Was it fast acting or something? Because I, I don't no, know. No, I don't, they're yeah. sedated for like years. When I say sedated, it's not like they're under anesthesia or euthanized. It's just yeah. they get prescribed no. a certain dosage where it's just like, yeah, that's all. Okay. So they're like they're just in a constant like placated mode 
because of a prescription that they've been on because they have something terminal and they're so old. But at yeah. home, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I, no, well, it, uh, it could be at home, but it doesn't have. It, in this case, it wasn't, but it could very well just be at home. I mean, I have a I have a relative who's like pretty much at this point right now, like mm. constantly in pain, like, and I think I think right now they're discussing whether she should be put like in a hospital and basically have that happen or if she should just be at home but either way just be on an absurd amount of medications to right yeah the same situation but at home right oh it's so insane the only the only older person i know that uh died of cancer it was like you know stage 10 million brain cancer and it took a long time like almost a whole year and uh in this movie when you see like there's a there's a certain point where some time has passed and we see like the nightstand is now covered in medications and other apparatus 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 apparatuses anyway might just be apparatus anyway there's like a water bottle anyway that just reminded me of that situation and and like the water bottle and stuff um yeah dude that's so insane like what do you think about um and let me know if we're getting maybe just too off topic but like, what do you think about, uh, like John in your situation? Yeah. Like hospital, home, medicated, not medicated. Like what's the, I don't know. It I mean, just is well, wild I, that it's like definitely going to happen. Like, yeah. like it's almost hopefully the, this is what we have to deal with. The, the, the thing is, is that, I mean, in my situation with this relative, um, I mean, it's like their decision, you know? I mean, like, if you go to the movie, like, the reason why they she doesn't go to a hospital or um, right. and get on, like, a morphine drip or whatever is because she doesn't want to. And I no, think yeah, that, well, what would you want for your wife? Or, oh you know, gosh. like, like imagine... I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean you would want to fulfill yeah. what they want. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what would you want? What do you want? What would you want? So what would I want for me? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't. Yeah, the whole thing of like how yeah, to die is so like, nuts. Like these yeah. people. Uh, ugh, you know. Well, most likely. Approach. You know, say if we're at we're at a, we're in a basically similar situation or identical simulation to Anna or Anne. Yeah, stroke. Now what? Right. Well, not just that. I want to fast forward to basically the you know the last three months last six months i want to fast forward to that well i feel like she's totally devoid of agency but go ahead uh no i just mean at that point i would want i think to be uh basically in limbo mode 24 7 if not euthanized but probably just limbo mode with medication Mm -hmm. um what i mean is when it gets to the point where you can no longer interact with anybody and you're in constant pain, and you're a burden on those around you. And not only that, like, you're not just a burden on those around you. You can't enjoy their company either. It really is just the worst-case scenario. Yeah. Like, before then, it's like, yes, she's, she's a burden on people because she's a cripple and paralyzed and stuff, but there's moments where both they and she can enjoy each other's company. So during that time, of course, I want to retain my agency insofar as I can and so hopefully live at home. But then once that starts to erode, 
you know, I wouldn't put an axiom in the ground like no, yeah, no hospital. Like I wouldn't do that because it real that's like like that that really hurts you and everyone around you a lot. The last uh, X months, you know, the last mm-hmm. the last stretch, you know. Yeah, but I agree with your point about like this this like really uh, this like real seemingly gradual descent into like you know is there really like in the beginning there's there's still life to milk you know yeah right uh, and it's so much worse that the communication is basically impossible right right and so like he has to make this choice um you know on his own right although she already tried to commit suicide uh you know still yeah it's a brave thing i mean I think that while it may be what she wants, like we can't know that and he can't know that mm-hmm. like in that moment, you know, cause like yeah. what if she didn't want to commit suicide in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it, it, it becomes regardless George's decision mm-hmm. um, and not him carrying out what she wants necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think I definitely prefer the ending as being his decision, not yeah. just the. Obviously, it is like in her, to some degree, in her interest. But mm-hmm. I like that it's not. We don't read it in that cliche way, or it doesn't feel that way. This really did feel like George's coming to terms with George's decision. You know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely. In, in yeah, it's definitely. Well, I was gonna say it's definitely murder, but it definitely feels like murder. Right. Yeah. Like, good. It feels good. Ultimately, I feel. I'm just saying, uh, as a part, uh, distinct, it doesn't feel like euthanasia or something like this. Oh. Right? Um, it, feels, it feels like a mercy killing. Yeah. I kind of get what you mean. I'm just saying it doesn't feel it, like euthanasia. It, it, where euthanasia would be like, and I it, want this and, and she's in control and she wants it now, all that stuff. But no, it doesn't have to be that way. It could be that she's lost agency, but sign, but like you're the next in line, and so you sign the papers for her. That's how it could be in in like some countries and like some situations. Yes. It's like you you could so like, but that I believe would also feel less like murder than this. Yeah. And it ultimately has to do with this room situation. Yeah. The fact that we're in this room, she never wanted to go to the hospital. He's putting his the pillow on her, like all these yeah. much more like, you know all the material aspects take on a symbolic affect and equate to a murder as murder yeah. feeling as opposed to the other one yeah there's like no there's no distance or like uh like machine or something to enact it you know or like to like it, it's not like medicalized you know mm-hmm. yeah right um right yeah it's just totally like uh human and like intimate yeah Um, and it feels it feels much more timeless that way because you imagine like well i mean on average people didn't live super long but somehow this feels more more real because it doesn't it's not like this crutch of medicalization to like deal with the problem for you instead it is the personal right yeah yeah yeah, so so it feels more timeless i i like how um devoid of like medical like quantification of things there is like in the film yeah of, like her suffering oh, yeah. like it's, it's not just, even clear that she had a stroke yeah it's, it's not even clear what is actually wrong with her 
Yeah. You just know that she's suffering and you, I don't know, you just, you, <laughs> you just know she's fucked. Yeah, you just know that she's <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, and like, well, I mean, it's, it's relatively clear she had a stroke, right? But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, the film isn't, like, medicalizing the issue. It's yeah, just, I'm it, there's not There's not a moment where he, where the doctor comes out of the room and says, she had a stroke. Uh, yeah. This blah, blah, blah happened. I mean, there's like yeah. one, there's like one, one surgery. There's like one or two parts where George like explained medically what was going on. And yeah, when he right. did, and when he uh-huh. did, it was, he didn't want to because he's yeah, like, it doesn't right. matter. She's just gonna die. Like, yeah. like who cares what's wrong with her? She's yeah. done. Yeah. I'm <laughs> excited fucked. though. I'm excited for a more two, the last stand. Where <laughs> one surgery could change it all. And there's like, after we've uh, been showing the dead body that's been there for yeah, like presumably yeah. days. Yeah, there's like yeah, huge 30 minute abstract sections no, of like medical video essay no. and uh, visualization of the problem. And it, it turns out, it turns out, it turns out the, daughter, the daughter Eva actually devoted her life to studying cryo freezing and cryo, cryo reintegration. <laughs> so she, what actually happened is they took her body away and immediately froze it. And then she discovered the uh, cure to mortality, and like they unfreeze her. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they have to like stop this villain who's also trying to steal it and throw it away. You know. But, like, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. So Mort two opens up with the same sequence, but it Dude, continues. Hold on. And it zooms in on uh, on Anne, and and she opens her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then title sequence. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really glad. It sounded like it's of uh, a conclusionary. Why do you use all these words? Conclusionary tone. Well, I'm really hyped. You like conclusive? Conclusive tone. No, conclusionary, conclusive. No, if I think if I say it's a conclusive tone, it sounds like what I'm saying is conclusive rather than like what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm trying to say <laughs> when I say, <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. It makes it sound like this is the end of the podcast, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really hyped. Really hyped. Really like it. Obviously, the opening sequence tells us everything to know. This is a film about us. It's not just a film about us. It's a film about us as viewers. It's about us watching. I mean, that's fine. I really think that. Uh, you know, like. You know. I'm on board. I'm on board. The obvious being that is the worst. Like that is. Of of the good qualities, that's the least good. Not that it's a bad quality, it's just the other things reign supreme to me. Um, and 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 that really is like a totem pole of amazingness. And the most amazing being obviously the in, the intense emotion you feel. You know. Yes, a hundred percent. Then other good things can yeah fall under that. But ultimately, it's that ooey gooey, crazy, intense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with it on the primacy of feeling a film rather than this yeah. analytic uh the analytic virtues yeah uh yeah i'm starting these days to think more and more of it as like um i don't know yeah just like yeah it, it's all about the effect and uh almost like uh magic tricks you know yeah like I just hit my window by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh topical yeah uh, like it's all about the effect right like in 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 magic or whatever there's like 20 something different effects and it's all about all the different strategies of producing them and 
right? Have we all gone through some magic phase, at least in some minor sense? I know John has, I have. Have you? We might say extremely minor phase, sure. Okay, yeah. but the, yeah. but there but, but there minor. becomes this um there becomes this interest in the the behind the scenes work, right? Yeah. And the, but the true. magician the magician doesn't do it. God, I need to see the magician, the Bergman film. You haven't watched it yet, John, right? No. Maybe it was John I was talking to about it. Um, but the magician doesn't do it for the behind the scenes, you know. Uh, craft right he does a reveal for, right it's all reveal. about the reveal the ultimate right. drive is the reveal is the effect and uh and and it's only when like um when you have films with truly novel effects that it that it becomes like more and more interesting i don't know uh i don't know there's obviously though like a marriage between the technique or the analytical and the effect um especially in certain cases but i'm with you on the primacy of feeling a film uh and then well, especially the other, this the other film. stuff i is... think some films some films mm-hmm. their virtue is the analytical uh mm-hmm. contribution they provide mm-hmm. in a filmic form mm-hmm. but uh because but like like and so they feel kind of hollow uh emotionally but that can still be okay and tolerable and like good art it just depends yeah i I'm just uh, eternally dissatisfied with my inability to access like the more analytical nature of these films. And I read this book and I read these things and uh, uh, I don't know, I just wish I could get, you know, just get a little more access to it. Because I think one thing I really like about the Hanukkah films is they always feel like they're they're also about film and i love film um yeah i mean i think i think with hanukkah in particular his whole thing is causing like a um a self reflexive thing or whatever Mm -hmm. uh within the viewer and like i i think hanukkah ultimately the point of a lot of his films um maybe not besides funny games but funny games skews much more to the analytical side yeah and the feeling but but in a lot of his other films like piano teacher in particular in this one it's like any any uh techniques used to cause self-reflection are not meant to be wow look at this technique like the point is to cause more emotion um and like I don't know, I mean, his films are discussions of ideas and like meant to cause thinking about those ideas, and that I don't think that those ideas are necessarily delivered. Like the the technique is not the the idea that he's discussing. Yeah, uh, it's just the means. Certainly. Um, if if there's. Nothing more on the specific topic I want to point out. I think there's something interesting about the fact that we have a dying woman who's in pain and he tells her a story um, to pacify her. Yeah. And are you going to say that's like that's like us? Uh-huh. Right, but uh-huh. there's some, yeah, and like it's 
I think that's interesting. I think the story he tells her is really cute and like good itself. Right? It's like a story about him lying to his mom about liking summer camp. Right? He doesn't like summer camp. He sends her a card indicating he loves summer camp. No, no, no. Yeah. He, he tells her that he doesn't like it. Yeah, no, because she she says to and put stars proposes, if he yeah, doesn't okay. like it, and you I thought it was stars. stars if he does like it. No, no. you you failed. You failed. Flowers versus stars. You, oh, you, I gotta rewatch the you, movie. You didn't have, watch this film. I have a film. flower and a star else. inside of me. <laughs> anyways, here's the story. Anyway, so we're being pacified. Mm-hmm. Uh, George is uh, the modern Hitler. I.E. Whoa. I.E. James Cameron. Whoa. Just what? telling a... Just... What? What do you mean, what? What are you saying? What do you mean, what? Wait, sorry. Not James Cameron. Well, no, James Cameron. But who am I thinking of? Who's the... I always forget his name. James, uh, the Inception guy. You're talking about James Franco. Christopher Nolan? Yeah, James Franco. <laughs> yeah, Christopher <laughs> Nolan is the great, the great pacifier. Oh. You're yeah, you're yeah. sitting there in bed oh, wailing okay. in existential dread, and he comes along to tell you a story to make you to fuck you calm, and then he's gonna smother you to death, and that's yeah, what I, that's I, what your yeah. life is all about. That's what your life is like. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like cinema in general. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's funny that this happens with a film that at least is gonna be perceived. Not to say it isn't, but like this raw. Uh, oh yeah, I want to bring up the paintings. But this this like raw. I'm gonna show you just how it is. This is a a unflinching look at the reality of death uh, in the modern world as an elderly person and things like this, uh-huh. right? Like this perception of I'm gonna show you really how it is and I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm gonna stare deep into the abyss, right? Uh huh. And all this stuff. Uh, and I don't think it really is exactly that. I think there's a lot of that, but I think it's more than just wanting to just, he's not just like wanting to grab the audience and shake and be like, you're going to die. You're going to die. Right. Right. Um, even though maybe against my point is it opens up with the audience, right? Uh, the Uh spectator and the viewer and all this stuff. Stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I also think... Where are you going with this, Troy? I know, I know. I think it's relevant to bring up the paintings. Talk about the paintings. The paintings as like, um, here we go. We got Adorno and uh, Walter Benjamin talking about these different representations of reality and how painting is unique in that, right? It's uh, singular in its existence, right? There's like only one painting of the thing. And uh, anyway, I think the paintings, like the film, want to communicate. Like, so, I mean, if, I, if, if you, I'm going to try and pull them up. But if you can recall the paintings, paintings aren't photographs, obviously, right? So what right, is the artist? Even, they're not even, like, close to being realistic. Not even close to being realistic, yet commonly, like, uh, it's generally a safe assumption, at least with these types of paintings, maybe not, you know. Uh, that the artist is still like rendering an image of reality, uh, yeah, right, and 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 trying to render it as accurately as possible, and then these paintings look a little more. What are they called? Those okay. I just they're like the say, just pre-impressionism. Huh. Yeah, these remind me of a papering over of reality. Yes, they are. 
All right, as long as we're on the same page there, mm-hmm. in so in so far and so they are placed there uh, to act as juxtaposition with cold, brutal, insane, hard rock, bricked up, bricked up, uh, you know, trauma. You know. Yeah, I think reality, the real. These okay. are not the real. I think we I think have some variation. Over the real. I think these are cinema. Ye- Maybe. I think we should. I think there's more. I mean, like, some of them are more realistic than others, right? Like, one of them is like clearly like a post-impressionism type thing, and others are like like this one in the Grove is much more like realism oriented. Right. Beautiful and happy. Yeah, but like this one, or say, right? Like trying to capture a landscape and things like that. Epic, huge, beautiful. Right. Epic. The clouds, the lighting. It's all within the mind, or something like yeah. this. And it, this one, oh my gosh. First Epic, of all, huge, beautiful. what a beautiful picture. Uh, for the viewers in China, we're looking at the... Uh, <laughs> it looks... It, it <laughs> does not... The green, the one with like the mostly green uh, rolling hills and then like uh, kind of glittering clouds. And the Tell me where that is. That. Tell me where that is in the world. Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, can you point to that for me? Where's the photo? No, you know, do you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I really don't even imagine a place like that. It's yeah, so no, weird it, looking. But I think it's beautiful. It looks like right? maybe Africa. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, maybe maybe a savanna. Yeah, a I savanna. Could, yeah, a I find super a... lush green post-rain savanna. Yeah, I believe it. This might actually be a real place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just that... Uh, I think Impressionism is probably like a good like analogy of just like... The, the focus still maintained on like accurately representing reality, but within the frame of how it it feels and strikes the artist, right? But also, like, noteworthy about impressionism was a departure from, like, literal renditions, right? And, like, right? Yeah. You know what I mean, right? It's not just about, like, painting things, something the most... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Troy. Look, I want anyway, to talk this about film, this just... film. I want to tell you, I want you... I Sorry. You know, I know. I'm sorry. I really am no. being mean. I'm sorry. But I want you well, to Well, I thought you were just being funny. Paintings. Well, yeah, funny, but it's like a bullying funny, I think. Yeah, but well, a little look, bit. I just, I, but I do want to just say we need to talk about these paintings in relation to this film. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's funny, and it only becomes bullying funny when everyone knows I'm not going to get anywhere with it. If I were going oh, okay. somewhere, it would be like, you're my hype man, you oh, know? Okay. But, but we all know I'm going to end up being like, okay. uh, and then you have the film, and it's like, I don't know, man. I think there's something there. Yeah. But just yeah. the film, right? I'm just kind of like, sort of, and we've had arguments before about this whole like, right? Hanukkah wants to like provide this sort of um, unfiltered reality, this unfiltered reality, but really just like give space for the viewer to like engage with it and not tell them so much. Anyway, I'm, I feel like it's an acknowledgement of like this weird. Um, uh, this weird contrast between like the necessity of style to communicate reality and this style of reservation and things like this. I was sort of, you know, see, I just never can make a point, but Look, I feel I, like, I, I'm, think I feel like I I'm think putting th- the pieces out there and I need an actual yes. brain to put them together. No, here, I think you should go a step further and put your goddamn foot down. Okay, okay. okay. Hanukkah, I think, 
Yeah. Is saying uh-huh. that these paintings yeah. are not like his film. And really? while beautiful and intense, they lack a level of realism and brutality. Now, that doesn't mean they're not good. It just means they're not his film. And mm-hmm. what Hanukkah seems to enjoy in his film is something much more brutal and unfiltered. And so these provide us a juxtaposition. We see these amidst the brutal, you know, mm-hmm. situation in the, you know, everything going on in the film. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's the primary reason they're included and what they affectively did for me. I mean, like, I, w- I was looking at these and thinking, wow, they're beautiful. But then I'm thinking, wait, but the situation inside is so tragic. This is awful. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. And then, so this... Um, contradiction between this and uh you know the other situation you know elevated the hanukkah rendition Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the end okay now we're getting somewhere where are these paintings inside this house yeah i'm a genius right these are windows to a world that does not exist right these are paintings occurring inside this house inside this film right a house filled with terror and like uh, visceral reality and a yeah. film, a film of reserved, reserved, um, you know, reserved directorial or editing choices, such that like uh, it is, it is up to the audience to just perceive it as if it were reality, so to say. Right. In yeah. contrast, in contrast to these like impressionist works, which like the defining characteristic or one of the, you know, impressionism is like the, the artist does the perceiving for you. Right. And just as like, you know, the films Hanukkah is like constantly in battle with are films which try and do the feeling for you, do the thinking for you. Uh, They don't give you the respect in the space to make your own choices or feel your own feelings and things like this. Um, Like they're in this bleak world, bleak film. And what do they have? They have these windows to worlds that don't exist that are meant to, you know, Fuck you calm and pacify you. <laughs> I love that phrase. I think it's so funny. All right, John. You can talk. Oh, I was, was going to say, we're gonna, we can take going. it a step further. There yeah? Yeah? Yeah. So, you oh, know, we're God. talking about how the 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 house is the the house and body analogy, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So where are the paintings? In the house. They're in the On house. The body. They are. The they are. They are the <laughs> subjective. Uh, they're the subjective papering over of reality. They are the sentimental within yes. the mind. Mm. They yes. are. They are sentiment. And Hanukkah's like, no, no sentiment Wait here. Wait a second. Wait a second. I've got. We can go a step further. Yeah. Because she pulls out the photo book and the dude's like, yo, uh, why, yeah. why, why are we looking at this? And she's like, I just want to look at it right now. And she. He brings it over to her, and she looks at it, and she says, "Love is so beautiful." And those are real pictures or life, something. Life. And it comes life, life yeah. And Sorry. it comes across as like, mm, kind of like raise your eyebrow at it, like, "Wow, she's thinking that right now." That's yeah, kind of tragic he and peers crazy. At her. Yeah. But it shows that you can still have this immense crazy sentiment, but in this brutal real thing. I yeah. Don't know. Well, I think that okay to address the, photo being brutal, the, real. the photos though, I felt that her compulsion to look at the photos that this is almost like a cliched moment you know like oh i'm old i'm gonna reminisce about life and that it felt forced by her that she she yeah she it's her own like coping with yes like oh yes look i'm gonna die like time to reminisce about life 
and it's like not that's not what's happening you know wait interesting projection you fools I no. think she was actually genuinely uh, reminiscing in memory. Okay, well, I think I don't I, think she's. I, I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think these are in contrast. Yeah, yeah. She's I think, I think there's okay. some. But right. it's also yeah, actually right. big time coke. It's some synthesis of both. Like I, I mean, mean, it is a coke, coke, but it's uh, like. I guess I don't know. It is no, no, no it is. <laughs> I mean, like that's like just saying like any like reflecting on sentiments is cope. I yeah, guess. all yeah, sentiment is, is cope. cope. You should just everything, everything is cope. before death is cope. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no okay, coping. but okay, no, this is no, no, no. I don't but think that's true though. I, I, I thought that <laughs> her compulsion. I mean, like once the photos come out, like obviously, I mean, I both times viewing it, I felt quite emotional, like looking at these photos. And being put in her place, you know, like this is kind of like a POV shot of mm. her going through these photos. And I started to feel kind of emotional about like this reminiscing of their life and like seeing these pictures of them as they're younger and things. So it's like, even though like th this is obviously not, um, I'm not like saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying that her, um, I think more of what, I, what I'm saying is from George's perspective. Um, this seems to be okay. Um, yeah, performative. That. Performative. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Not so much that nope. she herself is doing. I mean, she might be doing it somewhat. Like, oh, now's the time. You know, this is when I'm supposed to be reminiscing. But then she actually like reminisces. Like, and yeah. that George sees this as he's just in hell. You know, and he's like, right. What are you doing? You know. Yeah, yeah. And we full and we've adopted his perspective. Yes. Know? As you outlined, so like that's why you know. And so when I originally said like uh, you have an eyebrow raised moment, literally it's him. Look at him; he even looks like he's raising his eyebrow. Right <laughs> he here. is, yeah. yeah he's, no, know, he's so giving like, her but, the eye. And so yeah. like it really was this like unconscious adoption of his view, you know. But I think she really is enjoying, you know, enjoying the sentiment or like reflecting, reminiscing, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it, we adopt George. I'm with it, John. Yeah, Good yeah, work. yeah. We with John saying it. Yeah, this is a horrifying moment for George because. Importantly, she says long life, you know, yeah. to like crazily reinforce this trope of like time to look back on the life I had. I'm going to die like right now. Yeah. And, and he's just like, it's hard to watch from George's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because for her, it's some kind of like uh, trying to make some kind of like reconciliation with the life that she's had or whatever. And like being like, I'm comfortable to die because I've had this wonderful life or whatever. But for him, it's like, he's not dying, you know, like he's going to lose her. And like, that's, he is dying. He's I think he's essentially dying. I, okay. Yeah, true. But like, it, uh, I, I'd agree. And like, I don't know. He does kind of at the end. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he does actually die right then, but like, well, no, she, she comes back to life and then they go out. Oh, this is actually Han. This is Hanukkah's come to Christ movie. And, uh, this is obviously a different take on Cries and Whispers. It's obviously Hanukkah's response to Bergman. I actually do think that, I mean, there, there's some kind of awareness uh, there. Like how many film, like, is anyone, have we all seen? Yeah. Who? Obviously there's a connection between Cries and Whispers and this. Obviously, not only like there's the whole film, a super similar thing, but like, for them to both have endings like that, come on, get out of town. Yeah, I was get I was real. About, I was thinking about the difference between Hanukkah and uh, and Bergman. One fundamental dissimilarity, because I actually think they're extremely similar. Oh. Um, but a fundamental dissimilarity. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's not even dissimilar. It's like a nuance or something. Mm -hmm. 
okay, they're each talking about the real, you know? But I think that Bergman's take often, of course, I haven't seen all his movies, so... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Oftentimes (laughs) is about the inability to communicate, that is, like, language's inability to communicate, which Mm -hmm. has to do with symbols, obviously, and the inability to symbolize. Hanukkah is the inability to symbolize as such, like, the much more intimate and personal whereas Bergman is more the interpersonal something about that feels fair to say like uh, both being very language oriented uh, and subjectivity oriented like the problems of it mm-hmm. but really a subject you know grappling with the real mm-hmm. and and yeah like Berg, like just to say one more time like Bergman's problems oftentimes have a cast of characters each overwhelming with you know emotions and and takes on certain things and you know, the problem of death and problem of relationships, something going on, and they just can't, they can't, they can't put it into words and they can't tell one another quite right. And when they do, usually there's some trauma inflicted or something. Whereas in Hanukkah, there's much less of a concern with people's ability to communicate and the characters not being able to talk to each other, but much more like a personal inability to like uh, symbolize as such Mm. for my own satisfaction, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something like that. No, I agree. This one's way yeah. more insular, whereas Bergman's is much more like social in nature. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know about the whole. Just I'm just talking about Christ and Whispers in comparison to this. I think that I think this I think the comparison between these two movies might be a great microcosm for the differences in in their approaches to re- <coughs> like rendering the real. Another, I think. I think shame. Maybe. I just want to quickly shout out shame. I think would be more Bergman's version of a more in terms of the confrontation yeah. and like the the raping of the subject by reality and like how you know that process takes place I think shame would actually I was kind of talking to John about this earlier but I think shame would be yeah yeah more more Hanukkian, but but I agree yeah. the Hanukkah thing is much more about almost one person but really just two people who are essentially one in some sense yeah blah, blah, blah. Sorry to interrupt you, John. Oh, I was just going to say this. um, I mean, maybe I can in a little bit or somebody else can tie this back in directly to what we're talking about. But if we're going to be talking about contrasting Bergman to Hanukkah, um, something that's interesting is Bergman is much more theatrical and much more um, symbol oriented um, in like, I mean, I don't know, just like pick like any Bergman movie and there's like these crazy like double close-up shots with like hands on faces and things like this and like it it makes it's much more theatrical which i think is appropriate because they're more social you know like they're they're people communicating outward uh, towards one another whereas hanukkah has no need for um the theatrical if if the the problem that he is um addressing is more personal than the communicative thing right Uh, yeah i agree i i think i i think i uh agree but i do just sorry i i don't have a comment off of that i have a different comment so maybe troy should yeah i have a quick response i think this is definitely true in this case but i think hanukkah has made like most of the hanukkah films we've seen have been social like code unknown Right. These I things, right? They're they're a perfect I've mix of a social drama as well as like a very insulated look at isolated people. 
Um, and like it's somehow it's weird that it's social and yet fragmented, right? Um, but also I think Bergman is way more theatrical in general, and Hanukkah is not. But I think Hanukkah is also much more, much more focused on the topic of film in particular. I mean, I think Bergman is really interested in film, but I think he is more expressive about art itself. But yeah. I think I think we see a lot more discussion of like the literal medium and technology and and the unique capabilities of film in Hanukkah. Like yeah. Hanukkah just seems much more contemporary in its discussion of film I, than I really Okay, I really want to comment. Uh, think back to 71 Fragments yeah. with the uh, father uh, calling his daughter and they're on the phone. Ooh-wee. Grandfather, grandfather, daughter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, in this scene, it doesn't feel like there's a failure to communicate. Instead, it really feels like there's some ultimate problem or ultimate trauma that the father's contending with and maybe the maybe the daughter isn't like contending with at the moment you know yeah but it, fe- it feels like there isn't this problematic and i say language but i mean a more fundamental language not just language like words but like it seems like there's a more fundamental problem than the language game uh, yeah. in that scene right yeah so um, the environment and everything of the context and everything about the conversation right which is a very that feels more hanukkah to me than a bergman situation where problems in communication are oftentimes rendered relatively explicit by like extreme emotional difference between the two characters or and then like a moment of insane like emotional reconciliation like like they bubble up with like a inability to express until a moment of like extreme expression between the two or somebody finally expresses something you know yeah Um, okay and then i have one other comment to make uh what was it oh and if we think about hanukkah at his most i'd say for instance the ping pong scene in 71 fragments so is is extremely hanukkah that film that scene like that scene to me uh where he's contending with this you know it's an inability to symbolize basically i would just say something i don't know like you could say a bunch of different ways confronting the real uh caught in a drive circle like repetition circle uh, something feels impossible about it, but it's very much him versus the real, you know, this guy versus the real, as opposed to this guy versus this, you know, difficult to discern desire that he has to communicate to somebody. Um, and like, I don't know, like something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like yeah. Bergman, Bergman is like very much uh, like making psychological dramas. Or, or films of the psyche and films of, like, the social. Mm. And Hanukkah's films are, like, anti-psychological, anti-melodramatic uh, things like this. Yeah. I agree with, like, I mean, you, you, you need only look at uh, Life of the Marionettes, you know, or, I mean, lots mm-hmm. of different Bergman scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, I think, like, Cries and Whispers is the perfect example of this because um, the costume design the the set everything is like some kind of material realization of the people's psyches Mm -hmm. uh which Mm -hmm. which is uh, what i mean that's included in being more theatrical uh, in general and more based uh the not necessarily. When's Hanukkah going to make a film that takes place inside the human soul this is (laughs) this is um yeah, and so yeah, and then Hanukkah's more more concerned with um, 
like the like as Steven was saying like the the real uh, like an encounter with the real or whatever but but that the oh. the encounter with the real like includes sorry we have a clarification uh, yeah i just want to say that they the unifying factors they both contend with the real yeah i think bergman's though is uh this more nuance having to do with the social versus uh yeah hanukkah which is like the in like the, in, the, the individual versus the structure versus yeah that's what i was gonna say is that mm-hmm. that was what i was gonna say next is that the that hanukkahs always take place within some kind of material reality that's very apparent yeah whereas right. whereas bergman's all are uh for the most part um all very dreamlike dream logic quotes whatever you know yeah. like like they, they take place within the psyche yeah they take place within the psyche they're not like necessarily right. whereas like hanukkah is like clearly what you're watching is like like there's a material reality within what you're watching or something like that but I mean, to go back to why Amor is different, though, Amor has um, the few moments that take place within George's psyche, which is... Uh, True, but I still think that they're extremely personal. Like, that was my claim. Okay, okay, okay. Like, that that, that his was never in... I suppose the moments that we we might say are semi-Bergmanian, whatever... But would be like, you know, he's he's talking to his daughters and he says, well, you can't explain it. But that's a Hanukkah take. Like, he doesn't even try. And he doesn't have, like, this monologue of explaining to, uh, like, the daughter, you know, like, the suffer- the immense suffering. Instead, it's like, we can't, like, let's not talk about that, you know? Like, yeah. change subjects, you know? And so we, it's really just, like, him versus the system as opposed to, like, him in the network of people trying to all grapple with the problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. Totally. Yeah, and look at and like the most stark similarity maybe is just the resurrection of the dead in both. Um, in in Bergman, this event occurs seemingly to all parties, right? Like everyone is there when when she comes back to life, and she interacts with all of them, and they interact with each other, and it's a social event, as opposed to this mm. Hanukkah one. Mm. which is almost more Bergman than we were talking about earlier, but uh, is only within the mind of George, presumably. Mm. I'm almost we, a little sad. We, you go ahead. I just want to say, you know, we're at 140. Yeah. Just uh, pointed out there. Almost a little sad we didn't keep following that painting idea. I like the, the paintings inside because i or, or i think i'm just recalling something i wanted to add to it john john's was taking it to the next level yeah, continue continue go ahead we're picking up right okay back. well i got is like off. so so the painting right these are uh-huh. these sentiments of the mind and like recalling like oh here's this thing in my in my mind that i can look to for an image of a world outside myself and it's like uh, one that's been thought up for me or something like this and it's basically just like copium and like uh, a distraction from the fact that uh, that is not reality, right? Like it, it, it like the the, it, it, like it's 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 maybe noteworthy that the thing distracting you from the fact uh, that you are not in touch with reality is something not of reality. Troy, I just want to say, don't don't you think that this thought you're saying has already been said, and it's it can easily be captured by just saying that. They cap- that those paintings are like cinema as Hanukkah sees it like Hollywood cinema 
Yeah. Like they're doing this. They have their their problems are the same thing. They're the same copium mm-hmm. idea. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree that they're like cinema. I think it's, but I think it's something people would do with or without cinema. I yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. He would be talking about right, cinema, given right, all the other things we right. talked about with the paintings right. and the photographs right. and the contrast. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Yeah. No, I think you're right that people would do it without cinema. It, 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 it's just. It's the. I mean, that's everyday life. Is this most of the time? I think. Yeah. And I think cinema, Hollywood cinema, is just this machine meant to reinforce things as they normally are. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and to just and like yeah that like just, that's why like tropes emerge and things like that and and uh, the tropes when they feel like a trope as opposed to like an intimate moment for instance we might say that opening up the um, the book of photos or something like that oh that's a trope right well it doesn't come across as a trope to me in this film um, whereas in a Hollywood cinema film it would probably be it would probably come up the same way you know end of their life looking at the things but it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't feel honest it wouldn't feel earnest it would feel uh it would feel tropey and that's just like the problem with the hollywood cinema or something like that. i know i know we already said this but i just want to reinforce it is that the reason why it's not tropey is because uh of some character self-awareness that it is like like george knows it's a trope yeah and he's like he's like thinks that it's a like she's doing it because of a trope you know because it is a yeah, trope. yeah and it's noteworthy that they they could have been they could have shared right like they both know she's dying right they're 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 presumably should be like trying to milk everything right and this is a moment where he could have seen that it's a, that it's a trope or cliche but gone along with it and shared a really nice moment with her but he is you know he's starting to wane at this point yeah i, I think like, it's so sad that the moments that they seem to uh really connect and enjoy each other's company is after george has kind of fully accepted that any any form of like sentimental looking back on life reminiscing blah 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 is all cope you know and like recognizing that's not like a bad thing is after she is nearly uh unable to communicate you know i mean i don't know how much like we don't see off screen or whatever but what's rendered in the film like narratively is that like the the singing and stuff right that all happens after she is basically gone and like i don't know he missed his chance to kind of communicate with like the wife that he knows or something like that like um yeah i don't know that's that's a pretty that's a pretty tragic uh it's pretty tragic do we think that Hanukkah is hoping right well one I'm I buy it when he when when George or I buy it that Hanukkah shares a similar sentiment as George when George says this thing about uh, remembering how the film made you feel and not like it doesn't really matter what happened it's about you know how it made you feel and, and that sticks with you and stuff. Uh, do, like would you would you think that that this film like it's it's it, like one of its primary objectives is just to try and do its best to put you in touch with the real. Yeah. Do you think it succeeds? Uh, yeah, I think um, it would succeed for most, but maybe not all. I think mm-hmm. I think what what's really sad is some people would be so averse to it, like so revolted by the by the situations that they mm-hmm. basically have to um, 
adopt an extreme like bulwark stance and that really like detracts from your ability to interact with anything this film is simply obscene this isn't meant for the silver screen uh what's that is that i don't know by the way if the audience is wondering where's brody been ever since the beginning where he kind of expressed some less than extreme excitement about this film (laughs) uh we kind of texted him and said to (laughs) get out (laughs) No, he had to go plant some seeds or something. How how much are we getting from uh, Hanukkah, by the way? Like, he's paying us, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just the a small stipend. Um, yeah, j- just enough to cover the cost of Blu-ray, maybe. I think that... Uh, Which I own. Wow. Um, I think that the uh, success of this film, like, as far as... Um, putting you like in an encounter with the real or whatever is um i i think that it's so well done because um as with like other hanukkah films it's like so like uh or certain hanukkah films it's so like anti uh analysis you know it just kind of is as it is yeah um and the few moments of kind of more uh heavy-handed symbolism or like what would be hanukkah heavy-handed symbolism like are um they're they're not they're not like movie explained you know like they they yeah they like expand what's going on but not um not in such a way that that uh it like lends itself to uh, a way of the viewer like can't it doesn't allow the viewer to like distance themselves and look at like wow look at this nice like structure or whatever scaffolding that this filmmaker has made um yeah like the two it seems like the two most quote-unquote heavy-handed moments would be the opening shot which is so positive in my mind it feels so good um, but also, sorry, that what? and Wait, the, the opening, the cops busting Sorry, into sorry, the house. sorry, not the opening, opening, sorry. The, um, I love the, the how cozy the, that is when yeah. the cops bust in. I love the way they bust in. Okay. I love the way they be busting. <laughs> this, this, this sounds like we are approaching ending thoughts. It's, yeah. We're approaching an hour 50 minutes. Yeah, this is, this is conclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Conclusionary. Um... <laughs> Oh, I'm just pointing. I think the heavy hand, the most heavy-handed moments are are really just the 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 shot of the audience that's very long and nice and I love, mm-hmm. and the paintings. Because yeah. even the dream fits nicely within like you know cinema yeah. convention. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I feel like we did a pretty good job with the paintings, and I feel like the audience is it, the the audience shot is maybe. I mean, it obviously fits in. And it's all pretty interrelated, but. Um. I don't know. Is this is that is this closing arguments? Closing arguments, yeah. That's what we should call it. Yeah, we should. Yeah, this is a closing arguments. And we have, just we just got we just through this hot debate. This hot debate yeah. where we all disagreed. Some of us we're, conceded. We're all hot. We're all hot. Hot. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just bubbling up, waiting for Brody to give his score. I can't wait for that. All right. So wait, Brody, Brody's, is, is there something you, Brody? I think. Uh, I think you better say something to the folks at home. I know there's a big uh, Brody fan group. 
Yeah, there's a big Brody fan group. Brody um, Brody, yeah. Uh, you know, I had some things I had to take care of. Um, by the time I got back to my computer, the conversation was uh, pretty much on its on its uh, on its way. Didn't didn't really know how to jump in, and then next thing I knew, it was an hour twenty minutes. I didn't really know what to say. Bricked up. I I I, I, don't, I don't really feel very comfortable with giving a score. I feel like taking a mulligan. On the score, no. but I'll, I'll, I'll check. No, I'll you check still some, watch the movie. There. Don't worry. Yeah, I think rather than yeah. yeah, this conversation is literally, if anything, corrupting. Yeah, yeah it was last time is, ever. Brody, yeah, Brody was it Brody or John? I it was Brody. Brody. Yeah, Brody inspired me last time. You know, because Wait, he wanted was it to Brody? give it the score, the honest score, the original score before the conversation. Maybe that was John who inspired. No, I, yeah, I said I John. said that I wanted to rewatch the film, that I was going to give the film what I felt when I watched it and that I needed to rewatch it. Uh, Brody doesn't even get the acclaim. I'm sorry, Brody. Uh, Brody's getting mugged. And then okay. y'all agreed with me and so <laughs> and then yeah, and then I and then I yeah, and then I re- yeah. I re you know, rescored. Yeah. I agreed and upped my score cuz I'm actually based the base uh, and love being corrupted by analysis. Cringe. You smell bad too. I love being. I love being cringe. <laughs> I've been wearing the Mediterranean one. It's good. Oh, uh, Brody. Rather than the mulligan, I think you'll do just the opposite. No, I. I said. I, I said I'm going to chuck a score. Oh, no, I know, but but I think I think I think it'd be good if if you got, you know, a disproportionate amount of time to really like, really put it out there. You know, whatever whatever thoughts you have and ideas that. that shared here uh i think yeah, maybe a little monologue not, i can't do I that monologue would be good for everyone involved all right but you don't oh, have including the folks yeah, back home i'll see what i, I come up with we, this that means that we are this is it this is it everyone give your closing thing we're gonna move yeah but do you want to be last or do you want to be first that's all that's all you get uh I, i'll, I'll be get. i'll be first i guess okay. So, my score is going to be a 3.0. The reason it's not higher is because I really, like, didn't like, like, I felt so uncomfortable watching it that, like, I I actually just kind of don't want to watch it again. And, like, that's because, like, I'm a bit, like, of a coward or whatever, and that's fine. Um, And I understand that that was his intention. I'm looking forward to a film in the future that has more of an o- overt positive sentiment much like uh wings of desire uh because these things where it's like a so bare naked reality of what i'm being confronted with is like pretty taxing on me and i om- and sometimes i question the utility of making things like this. Um, oh my gosh! Wow. He's not done. Oh He's not done. God. He's not done. He's not done. Well, that was it. That was it. Uh, yeah, you're just saying that now, but you were about to go on 20 more minutes. No, I wasn't. Well, like that's why I don't know. I shouldn't have said that. No. And I should have, because uh, especially for the end. I think it's because everybody. Yeah. When I when I whenever I don't have something but absolute acclaim for no, these things, it's like no, no. Is, no. I get a lot of I get a lot of I get a lot of pushback. It's about the quality of the take. It's about the take. This this claim you just made right at the end is so sad. You know, I was talking with Troy. He was like, "What scores? What scores? Brody gonna give?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know." I pretty confidently said that you'd be given this like a four plus. 
and because I, I, I was like, this film is absolutely incredible. So I was like, yeah, of course you went into the chat and you said, oh, screw you, Troy, this movie's sad, whatever. Like, but I thought that that you that was all a show, a charade for this incredible moment where you're like, yes, it was so sad, but this one hit. Of course, other Hanukkahs are sad, but this it, one hit. It no, it hit, but uh, too hard. But not, but not, but it didn't hit, dude. Well, n- dude, it it made me feel a lot, but it didn't. I didn't walk away from it feeling like changed or enlightened or like feeling like good about it anything. Didn't hit. It didn't hit right. Well, what do you mean it didn't, I didn't hit? I didn't. I'm not necessarily like enlightened. I mean, it didn't hit if you didn't like enjoy it. But I. You said you didn't enjoy it. No, I think. Well, I think. Hold on. No, wait, wait. I'm. That's not my point. Isn't that I didn't enjoy it? It's that. Okay, no, you're right that I didn't enjoy it, but I definitely felt what it was trying to give me. Yeah, and you didn't like those emotions. No. Right. It didn't hit you. Okay. Feels bad. All right. Well, I just think. Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't know if there's like enough space to like really get into everything but uh i'm like trying to, <laughs> look we can we can we can i'm maybe like just, trying to be sensitive to brody right now yeah look we can i mean yeah, just, just go, go on, on the yeah, discord no, just go on the i'm fucking no i'm no. just lay it on me i, I want to no, 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 i don't think I, it's laying it on you but i think like your description of it is almost like uh spot on uh what hanukkah is trying to like work against which is probably why there's so much friction between seemingly friction between you and the film and like his battle to like combat copium and and uh and things like this and not saying like you want copium but i'm saying like you know like there's a characterization of what you said that sounds like and isn't terribly unfair but like you know this made me feel bad but but i get your point about like you're saying well this made me feel terrible so i guess good job film but now I just feel terrible and like I'm starting to wonder how good it is that I'm feeling so terrible. Like why should I be so elated to feel terrible? Does that seem fair? Because I'm also on board with Steven about like when I feel terrible, I feel like it's always infused with like a crazy love yeah. of life. And like I love this I'm one very, more than others. This one I'm interested in coming yeah, part. I'm inter- yeah, super interested in coming into contact with the real, which is like intense or something yeah i mean i think i think where uh, brody diverges is in what you said is that you question the utility of that emotion or whatever well yeah because like while while you're completely like i think your characterization was right troy but like in terms of like you then feel like this love of life mm-hmm. it, i don't feel it at all and like why i don't know but I didn't feel it. Yeah, I felt it for this one, but like I said, other Hanukkahs no, and that's what I'm. Yeah, saying. That's I mean, what I was equating to the hit. That's the hit. Yeah, you I know, mean, that's the high you okay. get at the end. You know, the hit. Right. Yeah, I was, I was legit just sad, and I and and extremely uncomfortable. All right. And then like, and then like, you know, everything that you could be said more intellectually about the film, about like how it's actually like a combat against like nihilism and you know all this sorts of stuff. It's like. I mean, whatever. I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel that. Well, I. I mean, I think, like, the nihilists would never want you to feel terrible. You know, because that would imply like something about the value 
of like the meaning of terrible and what it contrasts, like the world that could be, right? Like the like the nihilist doesn't believe in the world that could be. No, this is a good conversation because it's proxy for evil. Even if it's not evil film, it's so close to evil film discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, think, I mean that's what that was like. Frankly, like that's what was like in my head was when when I was done with it was like like I think I understand like what Jacob uh, says about um, uh, an evil film and you know I was sort of like wondering like what he even means by evil like I don't really know what the term evil means I couldn't even like really explain it but like there's something about it that felt um, while while there was this like well, I understand what you mean about this extreme, I don't even know how to explain it, like life feeling, like life. Like a beautiful feeling. Yeah, like a li- like like this is what life is, like feel it, like feel it in all its like emotion and like almost glory. Um, but it's like this sort of underlying tragedy that's like running through it, but through the tragedy of life, which is ultimately truth, is where you can feel like the most about life because like you know the truth isn't always beautiful obviously and that you know when you're playing with things that are ultimately just beautiful you are just being um what was it what was the word that you used copium pacified yeah copium pacified yeah pacified and like lulled into um into not feeling like the pain that life can give you um, which is like, and I, and I understand that, but I, I, I sort of feel this like grading against the film when it doesn't offer me, like, I don't feel like I'm being offered a whole lot more aside from an exploration and I'm sort of leave, I'm left wanting more. And that sort of makes it sound like I'm wanting the film to like, explain to me something or tell me something like good about life but i don't feel like that's what i'm i don't feel like that's what i mean um if i were to explain what i feel is like the ultimate like um love of life thing in this film like the thing that that i find positive or whatever about this situation between these two people in this film is um the i mean it's like the title it's like the the this is some kind of like testament to like the necessity and the true uh demand of um love or whatever as being like the the uh answer in order to um cope with or reconcile death or something like that and like the that that like uh the situation uh i mean yeah the film the film is about love and it's about love in the most like dire extreme situation um in which it is most necessary and so i see this film yeah yeah perfect um and that this is like yeah and so and so uh this film just totally reaffirms in the most convincing way of the importance and necessity of love in the face of suffering Mm -hmm. Uh, death blah 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 yeah i mean maybe it's but it's like i don't know, like where do you like where do you see that like in the film more specifically aside from the his title the the amount of time that he spends with her like the the mm-hmm. dedication 
the the moments with the happy moments as well the, so i was about to say something like um you know like if you imagine a book like stoner right like would you say stoner hit you with that life fulfillment that you seek uh yes okay and i just want to say then mm -hmm. that stoner's life is ultimately very sad and tragic uh moments which make it profound and beautiful are for instance you know when he uh you know runs away with the grad student and they ensconce and have this beautiful moment and some other moments along the line where you know he has this like deep conversation with the dude in the university uh those moments i felt were present in this as well and even though we're not watching the whole lifetime such as for instance and those are the moments that made me cry those happy moments which were like her driving in circles with the electric chair yeah to him, him like i thought that was crazy happy insane and then the moment with like uh the dude who says like you uh, you know we admire how you're coping with this situation just so intense and it feels very much uh like mm, uh not in meaning is it the same as stoner when he's given the advice from the dude uh who like is sent off to world war one but instead it's this interaction with this other figure which somehow disrupts the the tragedy that's been going on or something like that and so and so makes you feel like alive and total or something like that i don't know i i think brody's point is deeper than just this film though like um like like the topic of like evil evil film or evil art right like like elsewhere's point and much more broad than, than looking at a film and looking for some type of like didactic life is good happy ending thing right like it's, that's not what it's about um which stoner doesn't offer I, yeah which stone yeah stoner does not yeah stoner is really a thoroughly depressing book but obviously yeah. it gives the love of life thing i think stoner is a good example but um like i think uh well first brody right you're spitting straight nietzsche with the truth is ugly right i just think the good that I see with like a film like this or, or other films we've watched where there's like a clear focus on trying to like come into contact with like this visceral reality, which is often characterized by extremely negative emotion or terror and like uh, things of mortality and things like this. Um, right. Like you say, OK, so this film put me in contact with like, you know, the base physical reality of man, you know, and it, and it made me scared or sad or depressed or whatever. Um, like, what good does that do me? And I think it's totally proper that I uh, relay uh, Elsmore's uh, view without him being here. Uh, and that would be, you know, because I think Elsmore Jacob. doesn't, huh? I think, <laughs> Jacob, I think Jacob generally doesn't see coming into contact with the visceral real and I think that like the, the language is loaded, like oh you what, you don't like reality, you know something like this. It sounds like it'd be yeah, I, yeah, good, right? yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the term real. Yeah, I don't know. What you want to? I mean, but like, I understand like, that's the best. Yeah, that you we could have call right it like now. material reality or, or or like the the, the animal reality. I don't not animal. I, I mean something think? specific when I say it. Yeah. 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 This is I, I don't just mean reality. Yeah. Right? I don't just like, mean like tragedy is real. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to say life, right? Because obviously life is much more than just this thing. So. Insofar as we can operate with like a very specific term that I think we all understand, I take it that Elsmore doesn't see this as like a fundamentally useful thing for like human flourishing. And not just for like us, but like especially like people in general. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, 
you know, just try and like, you know, get people to think about like the pure terror of their mortality all the time. Like, uh, like I'm just, I, I think the point you're making is something deeper, like coming into contact with this thing is not like its usefulness is not necessarily clear. Well, so like coming in contact with reality and tragedy through story, I understand it to be like, uh, I understand that it's utility, but I understand all of the, like the points being made, like on a really, on like an intellectual level, like something I mentioned in the beginning was that like when I watch like, or read like tragedies for, and I specifically said like love stories, like there is something like bittersweet and enjoyable about that. But for some reason in this film, when I was watching it, that just wasn't there. Like I really was just extremely uncomfortable and extremely like sad and upset. And like, I don't, I don't really know like why that was the case for me. I mean, like there's, there's something very specific about like watching like degenerative illness that is a lot more like difficult for me to watch um, on screen than say like, um, like uh, a more youthful romantic tragedy. Um, and like, maybe that's because I'm like more close contact with one of them than the other. So like, it's like uh there's like not as much of like a distance so but like that just, that doesn't really make sense because like that 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 that's not consistent for all of us uh and you know obviously you guys still really like the film and and had that feeling that I felt during other things that but that just wasn't there for me okay then yeah maybe it's not even like a claim about these things just like I didn't experience this thing this time. Yeah, because, you know, the reason why I went off on that whole, like, well, I understand, like, the, the like, utility of, like, expressing truth in this sort of way and, like, how the expression of truth in this way is ultimately, you know, you could say... The, the only word that's coming to my mind is life-affirming, even though that's not the right word, but it's, like... I think it's good. Like, like life-rejuvenating or something like that. Um and how that I could see that present in the film intellectually, but yeah, like, honestly, like, like feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Like 30 minutes in, I was like, dude, like there, I have an hour and a half more of this and like an hour. And I was like, dude, I got like an hour more of this. And I was sort of wondering like if it was going to like transition to something else, but it just got worse. And I just, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sympathetic to the, um, I mean, it seems that your, like, situation in particular with this film and, like, it not hitting or whatever, like, is is a little different. But I'm definitely sympathetic to um, at least the, like, uh, more general idea of, like, watching a film and understanding it, like, intellectually or whatever. Like, seeing, like, what's being done and then not, not, like getting it or it not hitting you um even though you can see that it's the argument being made or something like that because that's definitely yeah. happened to me yeah same yeah i mean that yeah. happened with like the first the the glaciation movies we watched of hanukkah is like did not hit they did not hit me at all 
-hmm. like I still understood them to be a certain way you know whatever we've talked about them yeah viewers can uh, listen to those podcasts (laughs) but but yeah like this one did hit and so it certainly is uh, an interchange between my subjectivity and it as opposed to just the movie yeah but uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, it fucking smacked when it hit. I mean, yeah, and I, I will say that I don't think that this um, excuses like any kind of any of like me, Troy, or Stevens, um, like defenses of the film as being like great. You know, like I don't think I don't think it nullifies them in any way. Um, yeah, I just. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, what doesn't nullify huh? them? The well, there's just no, there's the no inter- way we're not geniuses. The intersubjectivity <laughs> point. So like, even the, like, even oh, though we right. can all agree yeah. that oh, this hits people differently, like we would still stand by our position that ultimately it's still an, it's like a, you know, asterisks or whatever objectively yeah. asterisks great <clears throat> film. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, and like that's the reason why I'm like giving it still like I want to give it a three yeah. still. Yeah. Is because like I understand it, and it did a great job at making me feel the way it feels to like go th- watch somebody go through a degenerative disease, you know. Yeah. Like, but as far as beyond that, on it's more life rejuvenating, um, sort of uh, intention. Um, I I I didn't feel that, and and that's it. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. I mean, I walk back my claim about your claim being this big, deep claim. Right? Like, yeah, I think it's totally fine <laughs> yeah. to just, like, not... Like, <laughs> not deep. <laughs> you know, like, well, no, I yeah, just think it's totally I fine. Because no, no, no. Elsmore is making, like, a certain kind of claim, I think. He's making well, Whereas well, I think well, you're we sort of... Keep, we keep referencing this claim he's making. He hasn't made it in months. I know. And it's so divorced from him. The poor man. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This claim think, that I think, I think, someone is making... Yeah, no, the claim someone makes sometimes, and it's some kind of claim. No, 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 but, uh, I mean, it just sounds like you're saying you didn't connect with this film, and I think that's, like, of course, fine. Like, uh, like whatever. Uh, and, yeah, to Stephen's point, for the viewers at home who, who, who I think we haven't really clarified on the, on the cast uh, what these scores mean. They mean if you don't agree, you're literally dumb. Right. And, yeah. and we're way <laughs> yeah. better and like uh well the highest score is right yeah the high whoever gives the highest score is the most right (laughs) and the most in touch with the film because that person clearly got it right because we're saying right anyway blah blah blah. and then Uh, i just want to clarify i I do think this is the beautiful thing right i think i think just seeing beauty is a good is 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 another good way to put it as like the life affirming and thing right because like it's one thing to to watch a film like oh i get that this indicates that life is good right it's like uh right i think yeah i think you need to connect you talk about the way it feels and uh, like just seeing something beautiful, right? And obviously, there's nothing mutually exclusive about like terrible tragedy and beauty. And like, uh, if those two things don't strike someone as being like uh, occurring at the same time in a film, then yeah, then that is unfortunate. The the only claim of Brody's that really I think uh, generated tons of heat uh, just just a while, little bit ago, which I think you've walked back, but was. I'm not exactly even sure why one would make a movie like this or what the utility is in making a movie like this, which you mentioned at the end of your, uh, of your, yeah, of your later, final take. Yeah, later he goes on to say he does support the utility of it. It sounds like it has changed. Is that fair? Is that fair, Brody? Well, it's, it's, so, it's, it's, 
it's pretty much fair. Like that I've walked it back, but I I hesitate to walk it back completely, and the reason being, mm, you'd be doing it on trust of us. You wouldn't be doing it on on accords because you've been convinced. Well, yeah. So like it is it is it is completely like on the trust of like the way that you guys have interacted with the film. Yeah, I think it needs to be a personal but, experience, right? Like if it's if, if you don't have that beautiful feeling then I agree that the utility hasn't made itself aware to you. Not like a more generalized right, utility, so, just in that case. Yeah, but then so, it has, okay, to, be, so then it has you, to be clarified that you're talking about how it interacts with you, not a claim about the movie itself. Right. So like, like you guys would say that this film is like about something rather than it being like an exploration of a thing. Or what? Yes, but I don't think I, I I think everything I've said applies to films that are more investigative. Right. But I do think well, I don't know. Because I, I think some I think films we've talked about being dichotomy. investigative. Don't I don't think about. I don't think this is a No you're I yeah, I had a feeling a yeah, you could say that there's there shouldn't even be like a dichotomy yeah. there, that there is some there's a difference between an exploration and something that is like supposed to be telling you something. Um but like i feel like the idea that hanukkah is like trying to put forth is that he wants to show you something that is um like the most like raw reality but like obviously that's impossible because like everything is going to be filtered like through some sort of like subjectivity and you're always going to be looking at it through a lens and you're going to be looking at it through his lens so I don't even know where I was going with this point. I feel like his idea is to reduce, remove the lens, so I, like, 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 make the film like anti-didactic, and like force the viewer to do that work themselves. Whereas, like, like, right, like you wouldn't exactly like, uh, like Wings of Desire. I think is a good example. Like, it's not like this di super didactic thing, but it's clearly like the artist is presenting how he feels about something, right? He's like saying things about things and ultimately these are very good things, like very positive things. Whereas Hanukkah is like almost doing the opposite, not, you know, Wings of Desire wouldn't really be like a big end of the spectrum thing, but Hanukkah is like reducing the strength of this lens and like forcing the viewer to uh, like do all that heavy lifting on their own. And so it feels like it's uh, more devoid of meaning because the meaning isn't exactly like baked in to everything the way it is, say, in Wings of Desire. Like Wings of Desire value value and meaning and, and, and like what one should do in life and how life is or should be is like baked into every scene almost. Could I, I, I wanna say something about um, kind of generally my view when watching a film and I think what has like allowed me to recognize certain films as great. And we've talked about this like a little bit um, before on the podcast and just like offline as well. Like um, talking about um, benefit of the doubt for the artist. And I think, I think that uh, we talked about this. I don't remember. I think it might've been, effort fake but we we're talking about like the uh considering films that are like historically important important that other people have 
uh, thought right. were great or whatever. I think versus that, the bum child. Yeah, the bum child who hands you the Blu-ray. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I think the I think what's important about um, that point is it's not like I need to trust all of these people that this film was great, even though I think that that's a perfectly valid way of approaching it. But I think that the maybe the more appropriate and more uh, defensible way is to like approach a film with the idea that. Um, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to keep in mind that this film could be great as opposed to like uh, a skepticism or whatever. And the reason why I'm saying all of this is because um, uh, just to address the fact that like your your hesitation to acknowledge the film as really good because it, it didn't convince you of its greatness or something like that and you'd be uh, like basically... Um, operating like on our trust of our experience with it or something like that i think that Mm -hmm. uh operating on the trust of our experience like i don't know that's that's valid if you like trust our opinions or whatever as towards like what films are good blah 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 but that uh, i don't know i don't know i think it would pretty much i don't know if there's much more we could say until like you would eventually rewatch the film if you choose to do so um, mm-hmm. and approach it in some way of uh, however you get to that, the mindset, but the mindset that this could be, uh, this is potentially a great film or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't I don't really know what to say about that. It's just that I do, like, I didn't, I don't feel like I'm, like, trying to be, like, overly, like, skeptical about like watching this or sorry, anything. I'm not sorry. Like, Cause I'm, I'm really, I'm just like trying to like, if that was, I really am just trying to like relay, like how I just felt while watching it. And like, that was my experience. Yeah. Um, and then like my mind keeps like grabbing on. And I feel like we have this conversation, like every like three, I don't know, almost like every Hanukkah film we watch, but like the, not piano like, teacher though. The, yeah. This idea that like Hanukkah is trying to like show you, like reality and i don't like but by him showing you anything it is always going to be always going to be like filtered right just by him showing you anything at all yeah i don't think he's showing you reality i think he's yeah thrusting you into confrontation with the real which is different and i would that would take a definition but uh i do want to point out you enjoy Piano teacher. Mm-hmm. You enjoy it a lot. And that's clearly just a hell spiral. Uh, and what life affirming yes. moment is there? There's like hardly any affirmation other than Troy's hot take, which I disagreed with. The affir- the life affirmation at the end. Like where mm-hmm. she now is broken free from this desire and other people's, you know, I don't know, something, you know, other people's demands of her or something like that so she can pursue something. So, you know, what about that movie struck you, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, it could just be... The morbid curiosity. Like, me being... The interest in well, the it, or something? Not, I'm not being weird. Well, I know. Okay, go on. Like, honestly, it just could be, like, amount of, like, these that I've seen is just, like, weighing on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just tired of it. We really <laughs> like, haven't seen many, like, happy movies. I mean, quote-unquote happy, right? But... 
Well, yeah, like anything like like Effer Fake and Wings of Desire are the only ones that come to mind. I think you would love Piano Teacher even if you watched it now. I mean, it's a hypothetical, and I think it would have to do with the ambiance it sets, the scenes. You just would enjoy it. It's so different than the other ones. Um, So, like, I enjoyed Piano Teacher like you when we first watched it. It was our first Hanukkah Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then we watched the Glaciation ones, and I didn't love them much. Code on none, and it was okay. And now I'm back to this, and I love it. So, like, I think that you can, you know, I don't know. I, I think, and I think if you just swapped what, me watching a more first and then watching Piano Teacher now, I think I would still like Piano Teacher. I think you would still enjoy Piano Teacher, and it's because there's other components. I think that the enjoyment for Piano Teacher, he does a good job. Hanukkah does a great job in just creating this like pornographic sense of enjoyment. You get to enjoy this mm-hmm. awful situation, this super psychologically like psychosexual crazy tension going on. You know, there's just tons of uh, intriguing things happening. Uh, and ultimately, though, you're actually a little divorced from the situation. I'd say that's more distant than this one, at least. No, that's well, that was part of my point was that because I'm and like in the same case where it goes for like stoner and things like that as like me being more diverse, divorced from the situation like comes to a benefit to me when I'm actually enjoying something. I don't know, cause, cause, cause I feel super divorced from the situation in in the glaciation ones, and and yet those those don't hit at all, and they didn't hit for you. Uh, I thought maybe they did. Which the, one? The the uh, so seventh continent, seventy one fragments, and not to lump it in, but code unknown. We'll just throw in there just cause early Hanukkah. Okay. Like those didn't hit you much, relative to piano teacher, and yet those I think were all more distant than. Amor was, I think Amor was the least distant, actually. Um, I think Codanen was after Piano Teacher, right? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so I hate, fun. but yeah, 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 sorry. This is uh, irrelevant, like stylistically yeah, still. Uh, more more connected. More to connected to those than Piano yeah. Teacher. Let me just engineer the situation such that I get the last word. Uh, Are we running out of time? Uh, I'm running out of time. I have work tomorrow and I gotta go to bed. Oh yeah. So, um, I just wanted to quickly comment on the thing about film being no matter what film is a is a is a lens and a representation and right like undeniably film is not reality and it's always a perspective. Uh, I'm just clarifying. I think he's trying to minimize the degree to which like he imputes emotions into you as opposed to like the image doing that. Yeah, I I have a. We've, you've said that a lot, uh-huh. and I, I just really have a hard time buying that. Because, like, just by the nature of, of showing anything mm-hmm. is a manipulation. Yeah, no, not manipulation. Yeah, I, I would forget the word manipulation and, like, just, right? Like, what he's showing you is what is bringing this up in you, right? Obviously, he's choosing what to show in everything, right? He can show, he's the artist. But um, it's just starkly in contrast to like something which shows you the thing and then also tells you how to feel about the thing, right? It plays the sad song. It does the, the certain stylistic choice that makes you feel sad and it, it reassures you, this is how to feel, this is how to feel. Oh, it's exciting, play fast, you know, all this stuff. Music good. Yeah, but like he, he could do that too. Like, like even in a situation where it's like like obviously when he's showing me the 
the daughter like sitting there like trying to like communicate with the mother while she is babbling on about nonsense mm -hmm. like like take take that idea like okay person with dementia and uh had several strokes uh can't communicate with daughter who's trying to communicate to her mm -hmm. and then like add no music right and then all like you can engineer it like like give her like joker makeup and then like you know there's somebody doing like cartwheels in the back or something like that and it automatically becomes like funny or whatever like you by showing anything in a specific way that is a manipulation like he is trying to make that sad he, you know, he's not trying to he's he isn't like oh well do you feel sad no no, no. maybe he, you do no, like he's I'm just showing you how it is no, no no he's certainly making you feel he's certainly making you feel in all these things uh, but he's not telling you how to feel. He's making you feel, not telling you what to feel. Is my well? Neither does. Huh? I mean, like neither does like music. I think music does. Not not any more so than what he's doing. All right, we can talk about this more, but I, I really do have to go to bed. Let me try life to shower and do some stuff. Wait, um, hold on. Yeah, let's let's do the run down the scores. All right. Uh, Perhaps just. Have Rody reiterate, and we'll move move up the line. Yeah, three three point good, not for me. Um, I'm gonna give this movie drum roll, drum roll, please. <laughs> oh, five. Oh, <laughs> he sent it. He did it. Wow. Holy shit. It was between that and 4.9. I was really <laughs> struggling. Every, like, the moment I watched the movie, like, the moment I finished it, like, I was just struggling. Am I going to give this, like, a 4.8, 4.9, or a 5? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to go with 5, because I think I've actually unconsciously arrived at a definition of what 5 means to me, which maybe we could talk about later, but yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this movie... Um... I don't know. I'm I'm teetering between four point eight and four point nine. Um, I don't know. We'll give it we'll give it a four point nine. But yeah, I yeah, this film's this film's amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so good. All right, I'm going ahead with a four point. <gasps> yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go four point seven. Nice. No. Yes. Four point seven. Okay. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. All right, yes. everybody. Um. Well, all right. Uh, it's unfortunate we really get through everything. Stephen wins. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> congratulations on. Stephen. Stephen understood the movie the yeah. most. Congratulations on getting the movie the most and enjoying the movie the most. I envy you. I mean, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, alrighty, it's bedtime here. All right, everybody. Uh, bye. See you next We're time. We're recording this at 2 a.m. Bye. 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 bye.